we're back. I don't know what episode we're up to because it's been so long since we've done an episode, but um, it's always about time we get off our lazy bums and do one. And of course, talking about behind the sport with Brent. Yep. Everything's good. Um, new year, new um, new racing, new season started into oh, almost round three of the state championship, round two of the Wanneroo championship. So, yep. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, some decent numbers already out racing locally, which is fantastic. And uh, let's move on to today's guest. Mm. Bit of an adventure to go find him because he went to the wrong place. We're going to mention that. That's Perth for you. There's like multiple suburbs that have the, the same nine streets that have the same <laughs> names. I've done it so many times, so I did. <laughs> so we've got uh, Locke and Dalton. How you going, mate? Good, good. It's good to be here at the right place. I've got, to, I've got to ask, did you go knock on the guy's door at all or did you just like ring me to say I'm here, I think? No, I sort of, once I was waiting there for a bit, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this adds up. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't think the the old old fellow with his uh, little old Merc at the front was keen for a chat. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you never know, you know. Yeah. Some of the old boys are actually probably the um, yeah biggest biggest chatters. So, yeah. and at least it was a super nice suburb. Like if you go to one yeah. of the ghetto suburbs, <laughs> I mean, I don't go to Mirabuka much, but yeah, you know, yeah, at least yeah. you end up in Mirabuka because that would have been really bad. Yeah, it could have been in California just down the road. You know? <laughs> Hey, Some look, speed I'm, dealer on the corner, I'm, looking shady as was Friday. Hey, I, I grew up in California. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, on actually, which California are we talking about? Belga? No, about, about just here. Oh, Belgera. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up here. <laughs> <laughs> Only hang on there because it's like Damo's old suburb, so it's like yeah, cracked uh, ins everywhere. Anyway, this is actually the first episode for a long time that we've done in person. And it's the first episode that we have done with someone who is not from Perth, who's actually in town that we've managed to grab at the same time. So thank you very much for coming into our brand new studio, we'll call it. No, it's it's good. It, it actually worked out pretty weird. I think you messaged me about a week ago asking if we could do a podcast and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually coming to Perth the next two days. So Yeah, and that, that was perfect timing. Yeah, the stars aligned there. It's, it's, I mean, look, it's good, you know, we, we do usually when we do these, we have, you know, a webcam up and running so, you know, we can actually see each other when we talk. But I think there's something different when you're in the same room, you know, it's even another dynamic that it brings to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I think you don't get as much out of it just doing it over the phone. It's, uh, yeah, I'd much rather just come for a chat. Love yeah. It. Yeah. We just need to twist Shane Van Gisburn's arm somehow. Cheeseburger. No, we've had heaps of cool guys though, you know. Yeah. Like I still, um, I mean... Brad Jones is still my favourite one. Yeah. Like, and the um, uh, the Sutton, the F1 photographer yeah, guy. Yeah, Mark Sutton. Yeah, that could have gone for like five hours, but yeah, that was epic. Um, yeah, we wouldn't have needed to even ask any more questions. We could just let him go for that yeah, five yeah, hours. Yeah, no, no, that was, <laughs> cool. it was great. It was just great. the, the, the yeah. old school war stories, that was cool. Um, who else? Yeah, just... Molly. Yeah, Molly, it was cool. Um, what was... Oh, man... What was the other Brad Jones driver we had? The young guy. He was pretty cool. Uh, there was oh, so many different names. Not huh? McCauley. No, not McCauley. Um, Bryce? No. No. Jack? No. <laughs> was he a plum- doing a plumbing trade? 
as well? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so bad on names. Anyway, well. There's been a few. I'll I'll put a, put I know, I know, I know we're over the 50 mark, so. Yeah. There's been 50 guests on this uh, this podcast. Jeff um, Duckworth was another good one. Yeah. It just made me laugh, but he took it with my sense of humour. Yeah, and that was a good one. He was, was in the studio for that one, so. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we could get into it, man. Like, it's cool yeah. to have you over here. Cool to have you in WA. Cool to um, see people, you know, like um, taking their racing real seriously and, and you know, make, putting that effort and putting that travel time in. It's hard. It's not easy, you know? So No, I think it's yeah. if, if you're sort of serious about something, you, you just do what, whatever it takes to, to make it happen. Like, you don't really think about it. It's going to be hard or anything like that. You just you just get in and do it. So, no, I love Perth. I've been here a couple of times now, and um, I actually hadn't driven on the track until yesterday. So, with um, the supercars coming here soon, so I thought it'd be it'd be silly not to take an opportunity to get some laps in and then come for a chat. So it'd be cool. Cool. Alrighty. So we'll we'll jump before we get into the supercars. We'll jump all the way back. How'd you get started in motorsport? Oh, it's um pretty cool story. I was probably seven, I think. My dad used to race carts. It was just a bit of a hobby for him. Um, so when he was when he was young, young, dumb, and full of fun, he was uh, just bashing around, racing carts with his mates, getting on the booze on the Saturday night, and then turning up racing. Like, wasn't really a serious thing. It was just a bit of fun for him and his mates. Um, yep. and he he was just sort of doing what I'm doing now. Um. Like just, yeah, young, wanted to do it for fun. Never really had the ambition to take it serious. Um, And then he just didn't really have the money to, to go any further. So he stopped stopped when he when he had us. I'm the youngest of, of the three kids. So he stopped when he had Aiden, my oldest brother. Um, And then he, he, he pretty much sums up that he's had the same job since he, I think he was 16. Right. So he, um, he, he started as a as a glazing apprentice at Glass Supplies, which is a uh, the biggest uh, glass and aluminium company in Tasmania. Um, so he started there, and um, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, he, he started there, and um, with the boss who who's still there now, and and they ended up. Um, do you want to wait or do you? No, keep, keep going. <laughs> Shane owes a carton for a. Having a, not having his phone on you. Yeah. yeah, we we got the we got the talk about turning the phone off and the big boss has done himself in here. <laughs> yeah, That's... so he started he's had the same job since he was sixteen and then just worked his way up. He's still there now. So it, it sums up that he's very loyal and, and sticks to his word. So now that he's moved up through the ranks there, um yeah, I think I was seven or eight. And he showed me a photo on my seventh or eighth birthday, and it was a photo of a go kart. And he actually went back to the track when I was about seven and, and did a one off race. And I was just like pestering him about it, like I wanted to do it. And he always said that my brother never pestered him enough for him to be like, I'm not spending the money. He obviously yeah. doesn't want to do it enough. But he'd be like, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But it wasn't to, to my extreme where I'd just talk about it. I'd, He'd come home and, and the TVs would just be full of racing. Like his laptop would just have all racing images, everything. <laughs> like I just totally went busters with it. Um, so, yeah, he got me a go-kart. It was just a real old little arrow um, with a J on it. Yep. And I think I went to my first practice day. I've got a video of it on my on my social somewhere and I'm just like wet, slick, 
just this big fat helmet what my neck couldn't even hold up and I was just there waving to him and he was like Jesus like what have I got myself into I was just waving putting around walking pace he's like this isn't gonna last and then uh, it's pretty funny one I, we one of my dad's mates Craig he had a building business which eventually I went on to work for he was like oh you should enter him in the race next week and I'd done one practice and dad was like nah no way like not not happening not ready and I was like yeah I'll race I'll race he's like no way you're not ready and I, we went and raced anyway and got smoked but just hung around and that was like my first two years of racing I'd get smoked dad would be like oh this, what are we doing like this this kid's <laughs> this kid's not here for the right reasons but I'd go throw rocks at cars at the background hang out with all my mates and dad's pulling his hair out he's like oh he's not taking this serious and then eventually down the track like it it all started to click and and we started going a bit better locally. Yep. Um, and in Tassie, it'd be a big thing if you're going over to Melbourne to race or something. So as we call it in Tassie, the mainland, like you'd hear like a kid, oh, I'm going to the mainland this year to race. And you'd be like, oh, shit, like that's so cool. Like what's it like over there? It's like a different world. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Perth. Yeah, the rest of the yeah, yeah literally. Like and yeah. then um, so we could probably only afford to do like, I don't know, two or three races a year on the mainland would call it so we'd always do when i was probably about i don't know 11 or 12 would go and do the junior sprint which is in pakapanyo in victoria city of melbourne um and maybe like the last round of like the australian championships which is cok then so we'd always do those three we did that for a couple of years and that that was just that we did that till i was about 14 or probably no, probably a bit earlier, probably about 12, 13 would always do that. And then um, there's a fella from Tassie called Andrew Walter. So his, his sons used to race. Um, Sam raced, did a, did a few Bathurst 1000s, wildcard appearances uh, back in the day. And, and Sam, used, Sam was, yeah, he was a really good driver. He, he almost won a few DVS series races, did the wildcards, and then Ben, uh, his younger son was in Formula Ford and stuff like that. So Andrew has a has a really successful um, civil construction company throughout Tasmania. So he does a lot of the roads and stuff like that. Most generous guy you'll ever meet, humble, um, just, yeah, really nice family. And eventually he he started a, a cart team. Um, so bought a nice transporter, like real flashy tent. And then he selected four Tasmanian drivers and he's like, right, Bought us all brand new carts, brand new motors. He's like, we're doing the Australian Kart Championship. And I was like, fuck, like it, it felt like I just signed an F1 deal. I was like, this is sick. And I remember it was me and my best mate, uh, Jacko. We were the two, like the two junior drivers. So I was in like your junior, so like KA4 or whatever it is. And then he was in KA2. And then there was two senior drivers who were, we were all pretty close with, all from Tassie. So it was really, really cool thing. Like he took us all around Australia, would travel all together um it was the most fun like just hanging out traveling together eating tea and then racing together it was so much fun at the highest level i think the first two years i got smoked like i'd finished 15th 20th um a couple of the boys had some really good results so that was awesome and like an awesome opportunity and like at that stage i was like oh this is this is so cool and then it kept getting growing and getting bigger andrew would tip more into it we got a new truck um and then i think we did it was called the AWC Academy for about three years. 
Um, and then we stepped into like the senior class. So um, I ended up racing, racing with like Brock, Scott Sorensen. Um, there, there was a decent field. It was about 20, 30 cuts. Um, and we did that. We went really well. Um, we ended up winning a few rounds and, and won the championship. I remember Andrew always said to me, he goes, oh, if you, if you win a round, I'll get you a test day in a car or something like that. And I went around, I was always egging him on about it and stuff like that. And then the deal eventually ended up, if you win around, you, I'll take you to Vegas to race. So that's all I wanted to do, race in Vegas in carts. Um, so at the end when we won, we ended up winning a ticket anyway to go race in uh, Lenato in Italy at the uh, Rock International. So we went and did that. That was like phenomenal. Like you turn up there and it, the transporters there like make the supercars look bad like it's unbelievable. They've got semis what are like extending up and out and like yeah, wow. there's catering trucks. There's, it's just crazy. There's three restaurants around the track, um, about 400, 500 entries racing all week. And then the next week there's another meeting, but you'll be there Monday, Tuesday testing. Like there's just no days off. That place is extreme for, for motorsport. It's so cool. Um, and we did that. I think I was 16 when I did that. We come back. And then it was sort of like, oh, what do we do now? Like, I always wanted to go to cars, but we couldn't really afford to go to cars. And and growing up around the car track, and especially in Tassie and, and in general, you're always here, or if you don't have a lot of money, you can't do cars. Like, there's no point doing it. Like, it's impossible. So I was always just like, oh, yeah, okay. I'll just, I'm happy racing carts. I'm just happy racing whatever. So I went and started a um, an apprenticeship in carpentry for Craig who I had met at the track. So he was an awesome fella. Um, and I just started chipping away at that and racing on the side. And then, um, I, I almost just thought racing was almost done. It was just carting and, and a builder life. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's the story. That's all right. And then dad out of nowhere just bought a Toyota 86, which I was pretty surprised by like, that's a big, big investment mm. for us. Like, we're like, shit. I was like, Oh, okay. Like we're back on here. And then he's like, Oh, we'll do the Toyota 86 series. Like look at the drivers coming through. It looks like a good stepping pathway. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. So I ended up joining Cedars in Sydney, Cedars race yep. team did some 86 testing and on my first test day. It was going really well. And I remember they were like, Oh, you're doing well. I was at SMP. They're like, you're doing well. Um, they had Borgie there who'd won the championship the year before. You're like, you're just a couple of tents off him through turn one. Turn one at SMP is pretty quick. Yeah. And in an 86, it's mainly just a little bit of a lift and you're back mm. on it. I'm like, fuck, I reckon I can hold it flat through there. I'll be right. So next session had gone out, first lap, tried to hold it pinned. I've overcorrected it straight into the fence. All but <laughs> written the car off. Oh, no. And dad's, I've just come in and I got taken in the ambulance into the medical and the car was still out there and dad's like, oh, like, how's the car? And I was like, yeah, it's just got a few dents in it. It's not too bad. Like, it should be fine. And the car came back and the whole side of it was just torn off. And <laughs> it was fully cooked. And dad seen it and just like, oh, like, what the fuck has he done? <laughs> Is that a swear in it? Is that yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's but like, you can swear as long as it's part of the story, yeah, you know. Yeah, he was like, fuck, fuck, what have you done? And I remember I was just like shattered. I was like, that's it. I'm not racing anymore. Like, like we can't afford to fix this. And luckily a few of dad's mates chipped in as sponsors on the year. 
so and my actual work GLB constructions so I think that day we'd we'd got a 10 grand sponsor and then straight away we got a 10 grand invoice to fix the car <laughs> so that, that'll fix that and yeah anyway that that year I think that was 2020 or 2021 so it was heavily impacted by COVID yeah. so I remember it was always dodging borders and dodging getting in and out and always will we be racing this weekend so it was just a really mixed sort of year um and in in that period like they were like oh okay there's gonna be no racing borders are shutting and then there was a local fella called tim shaw Mm -hmm. um he's he's a wildcat but absolute legend of a fella he just rang that out of the blue and he's got i've got a trans am um i want lucky to drive it do a test day in it i want to see what he's like he's like i don't like i'm not charging you for it or anything and I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. I didn't really know what they were about. So I messaged um, Marcus Ambrose because he's Tassie-based locally. Mm. I said, oh, I'm doing a test day in a, in a Trans Am. He, goes, he was like, oh, yeah, they're awesome cars. Like, that'll be good. Like, it'll be interesting to see what you think of it. So I did the test and, of course, rock up. It's raining. Um, there's no wets. <laughs> Tim- Trans Ams are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Tim, I, I think I was... Uh, 16 or 17 at the time. And he goes, Tim was like, you'll be right, mate. Just go out there. You know what you're doing. I'm like, fuck, I've barely <laughs> driven an 86. So I've had no racing experience. And he sends me out. And I just remember giving it like, I don't know, 10% throttle and the thing's just wheel spinning all down the straight. <laughs> and I was scaring the shit out of myself. He's like, that's all right. We'll do another day tomorrow. Um, It'll be dry tomorrow. So we did the next day. The next, yeah, we tested the next day and it was awesome fun. Like, I was like, fuck, this thing is crazy. Like how, how the people drive these things, this high horsepower thing, like these fellas have got to be like jet fighter experience. <laughs> like I just was not used to the speed at all. And then, yeah, we ended up carrying out the, the rest of the year in 86. Um, and yeah, it was just sort of mid, I was sort of racing around the mid pack, just getting used to the gear changes, your heel toe. I sort of had the race craft, but I just wasn't used to the, to the car itself moving around. And by the end of the year, we we're fighting in the top five and stuff. So that was like our first year of, of car racing done. Um, and in the middle of that year, I ended up moving to Sydney. Um, Reservations. Yeah. So I think as soon as I turned 18, yeah, I moved, moved up. Um, I remember like, I was always pestering Marcus, like, what do I need to do if I want to do this racing stuff seriously? He's like, look, mate, if you're going to take this serious, you need to live and breathe it. Like, there's no point in you being at home in Tasmania, this little Apple Isle building houses because that's not going to do it. You need to move up there. You need to either be in a race team, be at the track. You just need to live and breathe it. So I was like, yeah, all right. So I think that was like a Thursday afternoon, say, and I was on the phone Friday to um, a fellow who I just met. And I said to him, like, I'll come work for you in Sydney. Um, this is James who has driving solutions. It's like, I'm coming to work for you. I just remember sending him that. And he was like, <laughs> what? I said, I'm coming up to work for you. And I was like, I didn't know what he was going to say. And he was like, oh, okay. And he rang me and he goes, look, I don't have much work on, but I've got a busy month this month. If you want to come up, you can just stay with me. I'd only met this bloke like once at the track. He's like, you can just stay with me, do a month's work, see what you think. Um, but I, I don't really do like full-time work or anything like that. So I think that was the Thursday. And I rang my boss, Gav, on the Friday and I said, oh, mate, I'm going away for a month. I said, I don't know if I'll be back. And he's like, like, you what? 
I was like, my heart just sunk. And he's like, he's like, not get into me, but as a boss, that was such an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> just saying on a day. And he's like, oh, and I told him, I was like, look, it's a good opportunity. I just want to go try it, see where it ends up. And he's like, yeah, okay, then, mate. Like, he's like, it's obviously disappointing from my end, but um, yeah, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. So I went up there and. Yeah, just started working for James, track days. I remember rocking up. And in Tassie, like, it's rare if you see a, a good Lambo or something like that. And my first day, it was just about 20 Ferraris, Porsches, Lambos, and I was, like, wetting myself. I was like, holy hell, like, this is heaven. And then you're jumping in cars, coaching these fellas. I think because I was used to 86s, like, um, jumping in, like, say, a Porsche GT3 RS, like, the first time, an old mate who I don't know who – who doesn't really know the track or the car. He's just stepped on it. I'm shot back into the seat. I'm meant to be coaching this fella and I'm barely speaking. I'm like, holy hell, like <laughs> this thing's got some mumbo. And that stuff just boosted my confidence straight away. I was always in the car coaching and just getting used to high horsepower cars. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much from carts to my first step for cars. So yeah, it, it was crazy. And I'm still working for James now. Um, so it's really good on the side to be, to be, I guess involved with motor racing and cars all the time. I'm always in a car coaching or just speaking motorsport with, with people. So it's a really cool job. And then I'm racing most weekends. So yes, yeah, super fortunate in that position. Cool. Coming up through carts and um, in the 86s, who's, who, who's like sort of maybe a couple of steps ahead of you that you're racing back then or you know, do you have any of the main game guys that you were up against at the time or? Yeah, like throughout, throughout karting, like I, I had a really cool, I guess, era of drivers. So I was always getting smoked by like Oscar Piastri when I was coming over and racing. So that was cool. Um, it's cool now. It wasn't cool at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had some yeah, great battles with Brock. I still talk to Brock a little bit. Um, yeah. I had a great year with him racing in 2018 in carts. So he was doing carts and 86s. So that was really cool. We had a good little, I guess, rivalry going on there. That was really fun. Um, like, yeah, I just remember being a, being a junior and, and looking up and Bryce Forwards, like dominating in carts, um, like Jaden O'Jada. And now I work and talk with Jaden every day. I remember telling him, I was like, mate, I used to love watching you race carts when I was like in midgets and you were in like KF3, like I had a big fat foam neck brace and you had the coolest looking helmet. Now I'm working with you. He goes, yeah, mate, I'm still your idol. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's cool. It's really cool. Nice. So part of um, the the stuff you're doing with Driving Solutions is you're also part of the Ricardo's races and uh, you've also done some girls on track stuff. So it, did you get involved with that purely off the back of the uh, driving solutions side of things? Yeah. So the way I've always liked the Ricardo thing because it's just such a cool opportunity for kids who, who like motorsport to jump in a Mustang, like a V8 Mustang and drive around from like 12 years of age. Like it's pretty cool to sit in the passenger seat and so your kids like eyes oh, just light up when they're sitting in the seat of a Mustang at such a young age. Like that's a special feeling for me. It's such a cool opportunity for them. Um, so yeah, that came across through driving solutions and the girls on track stuff sort of just come about um, during COVID. They couldn't get uh, many like girls am ambassadors. Yeah. So I just filled in and, and that's the most daunting experience, man. Like 
I don't know, you're looking at 60 young little girls and, and then you're there trying to teach them and they're, they're honest, they're brutal. They're like, why are you here? You're not a girl. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I'm here today to talk to you about motorsport. But no, that's really cool opportunity for them to get them in motorsport as well. So Perfect time to say, well, see, this is, this is why you need to be in motorsport. Yeah. So, so you don't have to listen to a dude standing yeah. up here telling you what to do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really cool. And, and the, they've got some awesome girl ambassadors now who do some really cool stuff. So it's awesome to see that that event's just going from strength to strength. Yeah. Um, the because opportunity the young girls had at the Grand Prix where I seen was, was pretty cool, like getting involved with F1 teams. Yeah. So that that's some cool stuff. I think Priyanka, who runs that, is doing a great job. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good to see like they've taken on board and got like the champions involved at state level to sort of supplement the, yeah, having ambassadors and that sort of side of thing. Yeah. Um, and especially that that gives some you know, some sort of level for the local girls as well that are doing really good things to yeah you know, become mentors locally for the girls. So mm-hmm. it's um it's a pretty cool program and. You know, sometimes, you know, you see the girls that are there because the schools are there and, you know, they have they have no – and you would have experienced that definitely in Perth. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> hard. You can see, like, you know, the girls that are there because they have to be there as part yeah. of their schooling. But then you see that, you know, the few little girls there that actually, you know, are really keen to be there. And Yeah. Um, there's one girl who has been to the girls on track twice in Perth and she's, like, the tiniest of tiniest little girls. Um and yep super serious super motivated super keen to get out there on track and you know every time she's been okay what's the next step what's the next step what do i do now what do i do now uh, so it's pretty cool to see those sort of things happening and of course ricardo's races gives that opportunity you know to get out on track without mum and dad's car yeah yeah um at least mm. for just get a bit of experience and um funnily enough motorsport australia has also now launched a, a gap program mm. which um I'm sure we'd had a conversation about doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is still good. Got that, like, still got that other little cup car sitting there. They, um, so the Motorsport Australia has finally sort of released that stepping stone now between, you know, going out on track with your racing, own racing car, and they're now doing that stepping stone where they'll supply the cars and oh, wow. and do some training, you know, at that middle level. Because between Ricardo's races and going out on track, there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, but they're now actually going to do that. So yeah, I wish I had that middle program before I went out and nearly rode off in '86. That would have <laughs> yeah, been and handy. <laughs> and it's hard going, like you know, coming through carts. At least you know what a race weekend's about. But there's a lot of people that, especially getting into you know, like XLs and Formula Ford. Sometimes some of those categories, it's they don't realise how much work. Like going and doing a track day every now and again, if you haven't done that even, and then just going and trying to run a race season. Yeah, like the the level of effort is. Yeah, exponential. You know, it's it's huge to step up there, and uh, and it breaks a lot of people's hearts because it is hard work. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. also, you know, I guess, from a parent's point of view, like like with you, you know, your your brother really didn't show much interest, but then there's you, you know, yeah. showing all that interest, um, and you know, that finally took the hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, probably yeah, it is a big investment for the parents to make. So. Yeah, that's probably the the silliest thing he's ever done. Spymare go kart's been a long road ever since for him. <laughs> oh, I bet he's chuffed about it though. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he loves it now. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely something something what we've all done as a family, so it's really cool. Now before we move on to uh the next part of your race career, we're gonna actually jump across to Brent. Um now we usually do this a bit later in the podcast. Yep. Um but because someone went walkabout to the wrong location, 
about nine k's away from here. Um, don't know who that was though, but um, someone did that. Uh, we're going to jump to him now because um, he's got to get out of here and do family stuff and um, you know all the important stuff that some of us don't have to do. Mm. Looking after kids, so. Yeah, all the all that dad life stuff. No, so I normally jump in the podcast and ask all the tech head questions. They're not really technical questions, but just the, the more racer car track type ones. So um obviously you come over here and did some testing with it with our local legend BD Dawson um in a radical up at a rise. Um never driven a radical before. And first time around Ronaroo or, or carco.com.au raceway, I should say. Carco.com. <clears throat> yes, carco.com.au raceway. Um so how'd you find that? Yeah, it was cool. Obviously, I sort of looked at Perth at the start of the year on paper and I've gone, oh, yeah, it's, that, that'll be a good track. I'll be able to learn that pretty easily, pretty quickly. I'll just rock up on the day. <laughs> um, and then I guess sort of over the years when you, when you come to new tracks, you go, oh, shit, this doesn't really look like it. what it does on the footage. Like I don't remember there being a massive hill here or the, or the off camber. So um, I sort of, after Newcastle... <laughs> I didn't feel I was very well prepared for Newcastle and it just sort of showed like we just had little silly mistakes all throughout practice and stuff in the supercar. So um, straight after that, I messaged BD and I was like, oh, how can you get me on track in, in Perth? So it's like, oh, I've got these, it's a pretty uh, busy schedule, but I've got this little opening on Thursday afternoon, um, come up and, and have a drive of a radical and I'll do some coaching with you. So I was like, yes, yeah, straight away, lock me in, do that. So yeah, got here, got here, when did I get here? Wednesday night, did the test day yesterday and the radical with BD and it was, it was really cool. Um, just cause it's, it's a small track and it, and it looks simple, but every corner matters so much more. It's pretty unique. Like you got two really long corners. So turn one and, and down into the bowl, which lead onto straight. So as soon as you pick up the gas a little bit early or a little bit late, there's three tenths down, down the hill and doesn't sound like much, but on a simple track like like this, every tenth matters. Like it'll three tenths, you might be in twelfth, or you might be on pole. So, um, just trying to get as much knowledge as I could before the before the round here. So yeah, no, the radical is definitely a cool car. It, it definitely unveils a few little things in my driving what I, I wasn't aware of. Um, the supercar and the Trans Am sort of band aid that, and um, so yeah, no BD definitely yeah. Uh, Definitely got into me, and and I think yeah, we we definitely made some good progress. Yeah, no, BD's really good, and like yeah, the little light cars like the Radicals, and and on a you know quite a stiff little car, they do um, every little bit counts, you know. Whereas a Trans Am's got lots of horsepower, big baggy tire, yeah, moves a lot easier. You know, you're a little not lazy when you're racing, but you're still like you don't have to be as pinpoint. Yeah, um, supercar. Yeah, I've never never had any experience with one, but. I assume it's a lot of power on tap and yeah. quite violent. Been for a passenger ride and uh, one of the Tickford Mustangs last year. And that, yeah, I, I've been in other sports sedans that do close to those times. And I'm like, just expecting it to be kind of like that, but it was, it was so violent. Yeah. It was so different. Um, so yeah. And yeah, one everyone says, I think Nick Perkett, you know, I, I really resonated with him. Yeah. He said the same thing. Short lap, you make one mistake. Yeah. You're nowhere. You lose that that straight away on a car, you can't catch up again. And in our local racing, especially in the control categories, you know, Formula Ford, Saloons, XLs, some of the production cars we have now, like the RX eights we're starting to bring in the as, as soon as you make that one mistake or you have a bit of a you know, a bit of a sloppy line around the bowl and you lose that 
that five k's, that ten k's on the exit, you just can't. You know where. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. real, real depressing getting stuck in the race by yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know you've got another ten laps of just pounding <laughs> and and hoping there's a mistake because you can't make that tense up. You know. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a unforgiving track. It sort of reminds me a lot of my home track, Simmons and Tassie. Like people yeah. look at it and go, oh, it's just like three or four corners. Yeah, you'll be you'll be right, but you just got to maximize everything you have around there. So, no, I was definitely keen to come up and and learn a little bit more about the track and even myself. So, yeah, I found it really valuable. No, absolutely cool. The just just to jump in. So the other day, uh, I was up up there for a promo shoot with uh, Millsy and Carl, and of course that's Carl Langdon um, for the Speedway people that listen. I uh, was up there doing a, a promo thing where they jumped into a former supercar and got some, uh, got to drive it around the track and they did a little challenge, and um, just Quiet Millsy was shitting himself beforehand, <laughs> and just going, "I don't want to do this. Oh, this is, I don't want to be getting that car." You know, <laughs> anyway, first lap out, he hit one of the rabbits that reside <laughs> reside in the uh, next to the burnout pad, so that was good for him. Um, but he said, "Oh, you got any tips?" I said, "Yeah, well, number one, don't close your eyes." And he goes, "I'm driving." I'm like, "Yeah." Don't close your eyes," I said, and um, and I said, and yeah, look, the the bowl's probably going to be the part where, you know, that's that's where you're going to lose your time. So you know, don't stuff the bowl up. You know, like listen to what the instructor says. And of course, he went out and did a couple of laps, and well, so I'm sitting there going, oh, where, "Where the bloody hell is he?" And he'd got the line in into the bowl wrong, and yeah. so I ended up having to go back down to first to. Get it back out. Get of it back out of the bowl. So um yeah, when he got back in, he goes, Oh, I see what you mean about the bowl. Like, <laughs> he goes, Oh, it felt like he goes, Yeah, like you know, it looks so simple, but then yeah, he goes, but yeah, I see what you mean. Like he got yeah. down the bowl and I stuffed up and then yeah, obviously for him he was going at such low speeds, you know, he go back to first, but Yeah, yeah. I stuffed the bowl up the other day, I was testing in the new in the black one. And uh the ABS unit failed and I painted 11s the whole way through <laughs> through I was trying to do the formula forward line out you know out real wide and, and cut it in one and just painted 11s off the track so it was pretty embarrassing <laughs> come back sand and shit everywhere but um no it's cool yeah so the bowl um turn one obviously that the corners is probably three lines the the supercars tend to jump in real tight on one there's like a bump they seem to do that and I didn't you know, like it's just it's cool cool to see guys coming over, like I said before, taking it seriously and putting that effort in. Yeah. Um so karting into eighty sixes into Transams. There's a few guys that have done that. Like you had like um a good mate, another good mate in Sydney, he gave me a bit of coaching when I was at Sydney in October last year, Tim Brooks. So he did oh, yeah, Brooks, he's a legend. Trans Am. He's he's slick. Um and and you know, really, really handy around Sydney. Um how did you find going from the 86 to the Trans Am just bipolar opposites? Because the Trans Am guys, they sort of, they've evolved a bit now as well where they're not heel towing as much, they're just left footing and smashing yeah. gears and those big rock crusher G-Force gearboxes. So. Yeah, I, I, I didn't find it too bad. I started, well, my first laps were in a Trans Am were around Tassie and Simmons. Yeah. So I knew the track pretty well. Um, it was just getting used to the horsepower. I probably, yeah, got used to all the speed and stuff and then it was just maximising the braking, which a good place for it was Tassie because it's got a fair bit of runoff and stuff like that. And then the first round of Trans Am was in Tassie. So it, it all sort of worked out pretty nicely for me. Um, but it, it was a little bit of a challenge to begin with. I was just so scared of mis-shifting, mis-shifting yeah. it because it's dog box. So you just on it, lift yeah. and then pull cool. a gear. And especially being left-hand drive, 
um, everything's on the opposite side. So I was just so scared of, of instead of going second to third, going second to first and doing a motor. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got around that pretty well and they're, they're a beast to drive. Like they're, they're so unforgiving. Like they're just sliding around all the time. You, your pedals go on, your brake pedals go onto the floor. Yeah. You're trying yeah. to pump it back up. They're just, yeah, they're, 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 they're a cool car to drive. I reckon it's so much fun to drive. It's such a cool car. You learn so much. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a decent step from the 86. Yeah, 86 is low-powered, really got a flown average tyre. Yeah. You know, like a, a production road tyre pretty much, whereas the, the um, Trans Am's got a big baggy US-style slick on it. Yeah. Little big brakes but little size not a lot of heat the master cylinders struggle yeah yeah they um they like them here at Wanneroo they're quick they've got them going really quick for the amount of horse. I think uh 57s yet or 58s can't remember what the mm-hmm. can't remember what the young guy did at that last race meeting last year but they've got them real quick now for for you know considering what it takes in a sports sedan to do a 58 yeah you know with 1300 kilos or, you know, 1,200 kilos, it takes a lot more horsepower than what the Trans Ams have got to get there. So it yeah. shows they're quite good value for money in that because there's those control CD525 engines have got, yeah, 525 horses that fly. They're not, you know, sports sedans with 650, 600, 700, you know, doing similar times. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. But, yeah, the brakes at Col- our other track we have down at Collie, the Trans Ams just eat brakes down there. Yeah. And a lot of guys just don't like that pedal feel, you know, going through the pads. Get that real long travel, they just don't like it. And yeah, you're pulling up, pulling up a bit of speed. Um, but Troy Wilson was pushing um, Ryan Humphrey around the track up here, yeah. Yeah, Wyatt Collier was as well. I saw yeah. some of the footage. Troy's a he's a um, immensely fit dude, like, yeah, stupidly fit. Um, and but crazy. just a freak on the wheel <laughs> and crazy. Like, you see his line on turn one, yeah. Like, I don't know how he managed, like, he should have just entered a drift comp. <laughs> but pulls it off every yeah. time. I'm like, man, that thing's going to go. Those tires are just going to hate it. But he he just stormed through. Just credit to him bringing that, you know. And, and that's how you got to drive those cars: real hard, real direct, real fast. You know, you can't uh, if you want to be on that. If you want that edge, yeah. And I suppose that leads to the next question. So from Trans Am to supercar, um, Trans Am's quite analog. Not a lot of, oh, not any driver aids. Yeah. Um, Supercar, Super 2 car, I suppose, but still a supercar. A um, few more driver aids, bang box, um, a lot better tyre, but they're quite under-tired for the weight of the car, in my opinion. I don't yep. know what yours is, but um, – and a lot of horsepower, you know, a lot more horsepower. Yeah, I think the first time I, I jumped in the supercar, I was like, well, this feels like a GT car compared yep. to the to the Trans Am. Um, I sort of – the way I just like, I guess you could describe a Trans Am is it, it feels like a supercar when it has a green tire on it. Yeah. But just take off the rear wing of a supercar. Yeah. So yeah, just sliding around and everything. But yeah, the supercar, I, I think because I've come from a car what's sliding around a lot, um, it, it feels really good. Like it's got a lot of aero. The brakes feel really good. Um, and then yeah, the, the sequential feels awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I love the supercar. It's just I find it easier to drive than the Trans Am, but it's just like that. It's just hard, so hard to find the last half a second yeah. what you need to to be at the front. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're chipping away at it. We'll we'll get there. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool to to be going between the both categories. They're they're both big V8s. So yeah, that's 
very fortunate to be being in the both of those series. Yeah, and the noise and the, and the sound definitely ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and big field for Super 2 as well this year. Yeah. yeah. Big field coming over to Perth too, which is really cool to see. It's good for the economy. It's good for, for motorsport in general. Um, so what team are you with? Because a lot of people won't, won't know over the side of the wheel. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so in Trans Am, I'm with Gary Rogers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Gaz and Baz, they're, they're, the, they're the legends what run that. And uh, Marcus is, is pretty much managing it as, as well, Marcus Ambrose. And then in Super 2, running with Brad. So yeah. I, I guess the two the teams are very similar. Like they're yeah. just very down-to-earth people running them, genuine, um, just love racing. So, yeah, yeah, super fortunate to be to be with two really good teams. Wicked. Oh, that's, that's really cool. So with the um, – with obviously jumping between – different teams, different cars and, and different tracks. And for some of the, you know, your local races, uh, that, that's just enough to mount your brain. Um, but that to do it at the level you're doing it at and having to learn so much and then get that communication piece up. How do you, how do you get ingrained with the team? How do you figure out what you need the car to do? Cause everyone drives a little bit different. You like you're saying the yeah. the uh, the radical showed some stuff that you just weren't aware of in your own driving that BD picked up on. So how do you translate that when you're talking with, you know, obviously super two still has a lot of engineering input and a lot of um, massive amount of adjustment. Trans Am have a fair bit of adjustment. Now the control shocks are changing a bit, but still springs and bars and yeah, you know, everyone likes to tow where they want it and whatever. So how do you, translate that across is that something you've had I to think, learn or yeah. yeah yeah for sure i'm still fairly neutral and still trying trying new things with it all but i think the biggest thing for me is getting close with your crew so the trans am boys we're we're all super close we literally talk nearly every day um go do stuff out of racing um so just really getting to know each other um and my engineer frenchy so i think yeah, making sure you've got a close bond with them. They understand you. And then and then it makes when you're at the track a lot easier as well. Like you can just talk to each other about anything, what's going on with the car. Um, and then jumping to the Super 2 car, it, it feels a lot different, obviously, to the Trans Am car. So the same sort of thing, um, just working closely with the boys. Um, and what helps a lot is having, like, the main game boys. So that's the biggest thing in Super, I think, with with my, my career in Super 2 is I've got the main game boys to go and just quiz about anything. So Bryce, Andre, Macca, um, and Jack, they've, they've always just opened to you. Yeah. So on a test day, I'll be like, oh, I, I, I don't quite feel right. Like like at Winton, um, I might, because you're allowed to chuck a pro, like a main game driver in for 10 laps on a test day. Yeah. So if I don't quite feel right or I'm just like, I'm not sure if, if this is me or if it's the car, what's not quite right. I'll be like, oh, Andre, can you do a couple of laps? And he'll go punch out a few laps and <laughs> most of the time just be like half a second or, or a bit more quicker than me. He goes, no, nah, nothing wrong with the car, mate. Look at this on my data. You need to do this, this, position the car here, brake here. Um, and it's just like, oh, that's like, I'm, I'm, why didn't I think of trying that? Like, yeah. So it's really cool with that. With the Trans Am, I think uh, I nearly have it under control. I'm sort of almost at the point where I can go, all right, this needs to be done with the car, Frenchie, like, or this is what it's doing. And he'll be like, okay, we can change this and this. And, and it's really good. Like those boys have those cars dialed in, but with the supercar, I'm still sort of getting to grips with it. Um, so yeah, to have Andre there who can just jump in it and goes, right, the car's not quite right. 
we need this in it or he'll be like, okay, you need to do this. So that's, that's sort of how it's going at the moment. Yeah, cool. And Andre, obviously, um, really nice guy, but drives a lot of stuff as well. Yeah. So he's obviously had to learn how to translate. You know, he's in big banger sports sedans and Trans Ams and supercars and anything with wheels, really. Yeah, that, that's yeah. sort of why this year um, I've just like been open to driving anything I can. Yeah. I sort of joined cars a little bit late, I feel. Um, so... This year, I've just been trying to drive whatever I can. So, obviously, we've got the Trans Am, we've got the supercar. Um, we'll be, I don't know when this podcast is released, but we haven't released this yet, but we'll be doing, like, Time Attack in the open class. So, yeah. that'll be, that'll scare the shit out of me. Um, that'll be... It's going out tonight. Uh, okay, <laughs> there, there you go. I don't care. Um, yeah, so that'll scare the shit out of me. Um, no, doing that in the open class. So, and then I'm over the summer, I'm trying to get a sprint car gig. So... Yeah, well... So I'm yeah. just trying to drive everything and get as much experience as I can. Um, I think, yeah, that's the best way to learn. Oh, awesome. Oh, you, you'll love Time Attack because the event itself, it's like, I, know, I know you go to the big main games for our local races. Yeah. So I've been to most of the Time Attacks now. Stinky or Ian puts on a, uh, puts on a wicked show. Um, huge crowd for, for what is not a you know, non-supercar event. It's probably yeah. the next biggest crowd draw they have there at Sydney and um, – just all the fanfare it goes with it, and then that top ten you get into that, especially in open class, man, it, it is. It's, and those cars are fun. Like you want to go through, flat through turn one, that's where you do it. <laughs> Not you know, an eighty six. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the cars have got the load to do it, and the horsepower to do it. Man, yeah. you watch that that Porsche from two years back. The um, couple of the GDRs that can do it. Like it's seen a car go flat through turn one, especially when you sit up in that little you know little cafe, yeah. you know, glass on the end, the little little thing, yeah. and that's it's just cool. I'll tell you a better position to watch yeah. through turn one is right next to the track with nothing between you and the oh, cars yeah, no. on the inside. Uh, I think only you special, special drivers guys can get there. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. I, I almost, I almost forgot that I was there to do a job. I just put the camera down and was watching the Trans Ams yeah. come past full tilt. Yeah, the race I think there was about 30 of them there that day and it was just like <laughs> nuts. So when they took off, I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool. And then they came through for their first lap at full tilt. I was just like, Right, this is awesome. <laughs> That's actually a ballsy spot to sit. I, I hit the fence right where you're standing last year at Sydney. So, <laughs> lucky you went. Yeah, Sydney's cool, man. It's, it's. Um, I mean, I still rate Phillip Island as my favourite track. But Sydney is fast. I'm looking forward to going back and driving again. Lane, we've got a guy from WA. He's got a balls out skyline. Um, so he's going over and trying to convince him to go drive one of my other cars over there before because the track is. There's a lot of nuances to it and, you know, there's a lot of spots there, but uh, it's it's super cool. Um, so what for coming over for Perth for the for the round end of this month, um, what's what's your where, where do you want to sit? What's your goal? What's I mean, obviously first, but yeah, you know, I don't know. After after Newcastle, like I was just burning like when when you have a car, what's got speed and, and you know, you got potential and. and things just aren't going right. Like it just, it, I just burn. Like I'm yeah. like, why? Like I hate not winning or beating doing well. So that's why I was like, I need to make sure I have a good round at Perth. That's why I've got up to BD, get up here doing training. So I think any in super two, you, you need to be in the top five. If you want to have a shot at doing yeah. well, it's just kill or be killed <laughs> anywhere past that. It's hard to get momentum and get going. So definitely need to be up in the top five. I think, um, if we want to have a good good weekend, so yeah, that that'd be the aim, I reckon. 
Yeah, and it's Super 2 put on some pretty – like I don't know if you watched much <laughs> of last year's racing, but some of the Super 2 racing was pretty hectic. I think it was, was it Nash that had the um, – Yeah, he tried to turn the thing in into a drag of, drag yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, with the, the big, big uh, <laughs> um, wind wheel up for someone. Um, no, that's, that's cool to see. So, obviously, how old are you now? I'm 20. 20. So, you, yeah, so still real young and you're driving the balls. Of, you're going to love sprint cars. Yeah. They're the stupidest things to drive until <laughs> you're on the power like that. You, you're going to melt with that. Um, but how do you deal with just, obviously, um, like you said at Newcastle, you've got a car that's an absolute bullet. It's a jet and you're just melting in your own brain because you can't get it to work. You can't get it to translate. You're on a track that's, you know, on, on street circuits are pretty unforgiving. You cannot... <laughs> make a mistake it's very costly the 10 grand bill from 86 yeah. is nothing compared to what you did. yeah yeah took the front of a supercar um so how do you deal with that emotive side of it because and, and i try to talk about this every episode because for local guys just crashing a car or or you know a little bit of damage or or um it's it's heartbreaking man and let alone at the level with as much you got on as your whole career and, and trying to make a proper go of it how do you at such a young age how do you deal with that in the, when I first started car racing and like in 86, I was always like really hesitant. I think that like in the early parts of 86, it, it did cost me a lot of races and, and good, good races. Cause I was always like, oh, I don't want to bin this thing. Like, I don't want a big invoice going to my family. Like, um, and then Andrew AWC, he, he jumped on board and he was like, let's, let's, let's do this thing serious. So that's, that's sort of how I got into, um, GRM. Yeah. So Andrew, purchased the the trans am um and i don't think grm were really wanted me to jump in that early they didn't want such an inexperienced kid running around and then we sort of persuade them marcus persuade them a little bit and we ended up doing it it was it was awesome i learned so much he was so big on like i remember before every race he's like mate just just finish the race just go out there and learn finish the race don't do dumb shit you're not here to win yet just get the experience and finish so that was cool um learning through that. So then yeah, Gary and Barry at GRM, they, they, they're so good to like young talented kids and stuff. I remember reading the email when I joined and it was like, Lockie's here to race. Gary likes to see young kids have a go. So if you like, if you hit something or if you pull a fender off or a bit of body off, bend an arm, something like that, Gary will cover it. But if it's something stupid, you do a stupid move, you do something dumb in the car mechanically, it's on you. So that was a massive relief. Like I was like, okay, I can sort of let my hair down and, and have a go um, when the time was right to do it. So there were times where I did do, like any driver does, I made a dumb mistake. Uh, I did one, I remember at Winton um, coming into the head, into the sweeper, we're doing a test day and it was a little bit wet and I dropped the wheel into the sweeper and I, I've just, because the trans ends are so low, I've spun out, gone down, there's duck down the bank and there's a drain. Yeah. And I remember going down that as the last session of the day and it's ripped the front splitter off the radiator. And I just, I was just like, shit, like this is like, that was so dumb. Why did I just do that? And my, you, my gut was turning when I was getting towed down the pits. I could just see Mark as he looked about seven foot tall, ten, <laughs> just looking at me, shaking his head. And I was just entering the pits. And I was just like, oh, I wish I could just turn this thing around and not have to face this guy. And he was like, mate, that was dumb. And it was like, 
it was like when you you see your disappointed dad or something yeah, yeah. i was like oh and then i just had to ring gaz and be like look gaz i did this on the test i remember apologizing he goes mate don't apologize you know you've done the wrong thing move on and so that was that was good um you obviously learn from those moments but yeah i guess at newcastle it was sort of you got to contain yourself you, just because you're having a bad weekend. You don't want to make it worse by going and playing yeah, the thing in the fence, yeah. which I almost got caught out on a few times. Um, once you sort of, qual- I think we qualified 11th or something there, you just got to try and make the most of what you got. You want to, like, the best advice I've probably had is if you're having a bad weekend, you don't want to make it worse. You just want to make that the bat, like the best bad weekend of the year. So you don't want to go out there and crash. You're going to make it even worse. Which didn't really do much for me. Ended up breaking a flywheel in race two and not even going out. Um, but yeah, I th- I think you just got to try and control that red mist and and not do something silly when you're already having a bad weekend. Yeah, and it is it is really hard, and I'm really bad for it. It's really <laughs> hard to get when you, especially when you know you got a quick car and then you just you do a couple of dumb things and then you try to overdrive it or you just try that a little bit too hard and you just peek out and then yeah. That's pretty much my whole Phillip Island race. <laughs> just stuffed it. But that's that's life we learn through things. And that's why it's cool to talk to guys like yourself. And and it's really cool to hear that the, um, the GRM and, and with Marcus and that and, and with AWC, AWC yeah, yeah. yeah that, that you've just got so much support and so much positivity yeah. around you, which is you, you don't get to hear that side of, you know, no. everyone knows there's these, these guys out there, these, these really good players that are helping build people up, but you just don't get to hear it firsthand, you know, which is really, really good. Yeah, I know. Like to, it's so crazy to have like to have AWC and Andrew and his family have that much belief in me to um, make such a financial commitment, and all my sponsors. Like, it's not just Andrew. It's a, there's a bunch of people, a ton, um, who who have so much belief and support for me. I'm like, well, shit, like we can actually do something cool here. Um, so yeah, it's really special. I definitely wouldn't be in the position I am without them. Um, so yeah, no, it's very, very privileged. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, it's been, been wicked talking to you. Like, like Shane said, I've, I've got a bus to move. We've got family duties today. Um, I'm going to ask your favorite question. My favorite question? No. Pre-race ritual? Oh yeah, that one's early doing the other stupid one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So one, one last thing that I ask you, man, I see that's how long it's been since we've done a podcast. It has been. And I think Chris Cheverell broke that question for us all. Yeah. Um, we don't want to talk about that episode <laughs> anymore. Um, so um, we've talked to a lot of drivers and we asked if you've got a, any weird ritual or superstition uh, that you have, you know, like some drivers have to wear a certain pair of socks, even though they <laughs> probably should be wearing the right FYA socks. Some drivers have, and I've caught this one. I was just seeing your photos from many different toilet stalls around the world. Yeah, um, everyone was going, oh, how's Brent going over East? I was just like, I got a photo of his toilet stall. Everyone's got the, you know, they've got to use the same toilet oh, stall yeah, every yeah. time, you know, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, have you have you got one? Uh, not really. I, I don't know. I guess if I'm having a good day, I might use the same toilet stall. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I'm pretty – I just try and stay as relaxed as I can. Uh, like, usually – yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just usually pretty relaxed, just chatting with with my like my crew, my boys, um, before I go out. It's it's nothing. I don't really listen to music or anything like that. Might yep. be something I'm doing wrong. I need to might have a Didn't little hype ritual. Up really yeah. No, I think the whole ritual thing. I think if you get it wrong, it throws your way out. And uh, yeah, there's a few that haven't had it, but most have got some weird. Uh, have to do this, have to tap the roof I, every time. I guess they get I have in. a certain routine how I put my gear on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it's a ritual though. Yeah. 
No, cool. All right, awesome, awesome chatting to you, man. Really, really cool to see you putting in the effort getting over here. Um, I really hope it pays off. Yeah, um, I'll make thanks, sure I'm catching the pits at Perth. And uh, yeah, no, sure. Look forward to when I'm up here next. Come over and have a chat. Yeah, absolutely, man. All righty. Well, when when he buggers off, we'll uh, continue on with our chat. Yeah, it's it's a shame you didn't want to join me on my walk this morning. Um, oh, no, I would have. I've been, I've been, I hit the gym this morning. I've um, yeah, I've been to the gym early before the podcast. My wife's already been out for her run with the dogs, um, and then yeah, she's off off to give blood now. So I got to go grab the kids. But yeah, now down down thirteen kilos since uh, I lost my lolly and my uh, fitness was out the window when I raced Phillip Island. So just keep working on that, so I can. Keep, give these kids a run for their money when I get back over there. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. And I'm um, stoked to be back on. Thanks, mate. All right. Cheers. Well, this is embarrassing. <laughs> We've just spent the last hour having a chat, almost hour. And I think we're now even on the stakes of um... – Yeah, we've both, we've both blown out both ends of this podcast. I started yeah. – you started it and I finished it because I forgot to hit the record button. So we've had this great chat and now we're going to have to go through it all again. So I hope you remember it because... Uh, yeah, I might be able to uh, fix up a few rough edges there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, we'll just jump straight back into it. Um, yeah, red, red is record. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so green is not record. and uh, You left the ignition button off and tried to start the motor, mate. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And now I'm sitting there yelling at the crew going, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Blaming everyone but myself. No, I'll take ownership on that one. So, look, where we left you at, um, obviously before we cut across to Brent, um, was that uh, you're in um, in Transams. Yep. Um, and Super 2. Yeah. Yeah, so how did that so, come about? So I, mean, I already know the answer, but yeah. <laughs> so what? What year? Twenty twenty three. So twenty twenty two, start of twenty twenty two. I went to Trans Am, so joined with GRM. So yeah, it was. I just remember like it, it was massive. Like joining a team. What I've watched. What had like Scotty McLaughlin, Lee Holdsworth, Jamie Winker. Like all these Garth Ten, all these massive names. And I was like, shit, I'm racing for these guys now. This is so cool. So we started there in Trans Am. Um, and they're just such a nice team. Like you walk in there, it's a massive workshop, there's supercars, there's all these like, it's like a history timeline on a mezzanine, like old Gaz's cars all the way up to like the current supercar. Like it's so cool. Um, so we started there. It was, a, it was really cool because the first round of Trans Am were in, was in Tassie. So my home race at, at the time though, was well, still to this time, I, I was living in Sydney. So I was able to go home, race in front of my mates, my family, which I'd never done before um, at a national stage. So that was so cool to have everyone out there. And um, I was pretty familiar with the track and, and we were able to finish third there. So that was that was really cool to do that in front of family and, and home sponsors. And um, I was almost like, oh, shit, I, I can actually do this. Like it's a bit of confidence booster. And then we went from there to Phillip Island. I was a little bit mixed feelings. I remember at the time I was like, oh, like, yeah, I got away with it at, at my home track. I don't know. How, I haven't been to like a massive flowing track like Phillip Island and a big car like this before. So, and we did a test day and I saw, I wasn't really that quick on the test day, but I sort of gathered it up for, for the racing and we finished, I think top five, nearly every race and, and it almost snagged third in the last race. Um, so I think we left the first two rounds of Trans Am in third spot in the championship. I was like, 
wow, like this, this year's actually, like we've got a good chance this year at doing something pretty cool. And um, we went to Bathurst and that, the last time I'd driven Bathurst was in 86. I don't know how much horsepower an 86 has got, but definitely doesn't have like 560 what a Trans Am does. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd done a few races in the 86. I think I'd done two or three races, maybe two races that year, the COVID year in, um, in 86. I was like, oh yeah, like I know the track, but mate, that track looks so different at like 280 Ks when you're going down the chase in a Trans Am. I was like, holy hell, this, this feels like a roller coaster with like no seatbelts. Like, I feel like you're so on the edge, like those cars sliding around at the top doing well 200 Ks. I was like, this is like, how did the supercar boys do this? This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I went up the, um, uh, I'm going to say, you know, the, the hump side, you know, from the, yeah, you know, come out up of mountain the, straight, up mountain straight. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I should have, you know, taken this opportunity to learn the track in between our last conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the went up mountain straight and you start on this little hump and you know, it was part of the hill climbs Yeah, and, uh, went up in the course car Mustang uh, and, um, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's just going to go 80% cause you know, you've got a passenger. So, um, yeah, we don't have headgear on and all that sort of stuff yeah you basically just sit there hold on and you know rip the seat <laughs> with your bum hole and um we take off and up we go and you know going through the grate and everything i was like oh, <laughs> holy crap <laughs> this is so tiny you know <laughs> and and even getting up there the day that morning you know i came up in a taxi yeah and we went up um um conrod and i got that right the other side of the track yeah, yeah pretty much yeah and uh, went up that way and um you know we get through the get to the dipper and all that sort of stuff and you know we're almost getting collected by cars coming the other way <laughs> and my first instant thought and this guy must have thought i was crazy i just went blurted out in the car like, how the fuck do these supercars drivers do it like it's stupid yeah but like, it's so close yeah yeah you know, and and you know like they're yeah, you know, yeah, okay. You know, there's the old comparison to the, the taxi racing, but you know, it's yeah, you know, the cars are a lot bigger than than the taxi I was sitting in. Yeah, and they're going too wide through that. Like, how do you guys do it? Like, even Transams are even wider than yeah a supercar. I, I don't know. I've seen I've seen some people try to go too wide down through the S's, and it, it's never really paid off for them. Um, you you got to be pretty. I don't know, respectful who you're racing with and, and where you can go too wide. Like, oh, the bottom section, yeah, fine. But if you're going to do it over the top, you want to know who you're racing against because you can quite easily end up with a pretty uh, scrap metal car pretty quickly. And everyone that's been on that has raced at Bathurst has told us that one of the things they have had to get out of their head is lifting across the top. Yeah. Is that they just said, look, most of the time you just stay flat flat to the floor yeah to maximize your time because otherwise you, you're just going to screw everything up and yeah you know. i guess i guess in some in some cars you can i think the 86 was pretty much flat over the top um but obviously in the trans am it's a it's a bit of a lift um and just a might like a light breathe on the brake yep um but like i don't know like those things up the top they're just skating like it literally feels like you're hovering towards the wall you're sliding like it's just all, yeah, it's just so crazy driving one of those things over the top. They're so fast and they've got no grip 
and you're just hovering towards each wall and it's just the slightest slip up and it's going to be such a big crash up there. But I guess that's why they're so cool. They're so lively and on the edge. That's what makes them so cool and exciting to watch. Yeah. So the, um, so coming from TA2, you're going to Supercar, Super yep. 2. And, you know, you've obviously been racing. You've done carts. You've done Toilet 86. Yeah, you're in Trans Am. Um, and the step the step into Super 2, and, you know, we've looked into it for some of the drivers we work with and that. Um, it, it's a big step. Yeah, it's, it's, it's massive. Yeah, it's massive financially and it's massive um, just like as it, as, it, as I guess just to go into like the drivers are all on it. Like they're, they're the best drivers. Um, and it's like nearly the premier class. Like you're a tier down of the premier class of Australia. So it, it's super tough class. And um, yeah, even when I remember just thinking about it, when we we're planning to do it, I was like, holy hell, like this is, this is going to be a big jump. I don't know how this is going to go. How'd your dad take it? Like, yeah, Did so, you go to him first and go, hey, I want to go to Super 2? Or was it? No. Some, so I, was, I, I, was there other wheels in motion first? <laughs> I didn't even um, come up with the idea. I'm not that crazy. Um, my One of my good backers, Andrew, like he's literally, Andrew and Margie, they're literally like my grandparents. We're so close with, with the Walter family. Um, they've been huge backers of mine from a very young age. And we do heaps of stuff, whether it's motorsport related or not, like, families go away camping together everything like they're just such good people to have around um and i don't get to see them as much except when it's at a racetrack they'll come to my races and they are up they do a lot of touring of australia they're in wollongong um, which is about an hour from where where i live so i i messaged andrew and i said oh we'll catch up we'll get dinner he's like yeah right so we went down there had a nice dinner and we've had plenty of them and andrew said oh i think we should do we should do what Jay does. Um, and he's talking about Jay Hansen, another driver. He he's really backing, um, and supportive of, and I was like, Oh yeah, like what's that? And he goes, Oh, do super two and, and maybe even trans M. And I was just thinking, yeah, like, are you crazy? Like how the hell are we going to do that? And he's like, nah, like I'm serious. Like, I think we should really try and like fast track your racing. Like, um, we got into it a little bit late. Like I, I know you can do what what we want to do. I was like, oh, I guess. But like, uh, how the hell are we going to afford this? Like that is a huge financial like commitment. I don't think like I definitely can't. My family can't afford it. And he's like, no, oh, no. Like I'm, I'm, I'll help you. Like I'm sure we can find a few other people from Tassie who'll help you. And then we sort of just left that that at that. And um, then. Where did it go? I, I was driving home from that dinner and I rang dad and I said, oh, you're not going to believe this, but Andrew wants to do Super 2 and Trans Am. And dad was like, oh, is, he, is he drunk? Like, <laughs> how the hell are we going to afford that? Like, no way. And I was just like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, how it's going to happen, but he wants to do it. And then anyway, we kept talking about it. We ended up talking to a few people in Tassie and a couple of my current supporters and they're like, yeah, we're happy to help you. And there's just a lot of support. There's also a lot though, cause it was pretty tight lit. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, nah, don't do it. Don't even try. If you crash, you're not going to be able to afford it. Um, which was true. I couldn't afford it if I crashed it. Yeah. Um, and they're like, it's not worth it. Nothing's going to come of it, blah, blah, blah. And then anyway, 
we ended up speaking to Andre because I had a good, good relationship with Andre through work and Andre was like, oh yeah, like it's a good idea. Like just treat it as a learning curve. Don't go out there and try and win the thing. Just, just treat it how it is. Keep it on the down low. Um, do a test, see how you feel and if you feel all right, do the race. So then soon enough through Andre, we were talking to Brad and the stars kind of aligned because Ellie was leaving BJR. She was doing super two with them. Um, and she wasn't going to do the final round. So Brad was like, oh, the car's there if you want to do it. I was like, oh, I only want to do it if I can have a test. So we did the test and I had Andre there so he could set a benchmark and I knew where I was at. The start of the day, obviously, I had to find my feet. But towards the end of the day, I was feeling pretty comfy. And well, within a couple of tenths of Andre, a um, little bit off. And I was like, oh, I feel all right. I think, I think we'll do it. So we did it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty clean weekend. That's the only thing I wanted to do was just have a clean weekend, finish all the races, um, get as much experience as I could. And, and yeah, we're lucky enough to have, have one of those weekends. I think we finished top 10 in both the races. Um, and then Andrew was like, Oh, we, we're going to do this. I was like, Oh yeah, I, w- I want to do it. But how are we going to pay for it? And he's like, Oh, we'll, we'll find a way. Like we'll just give it a good crack. And I was like, right, oh. so we ended up getting a really good deal with GRM to continue doing the trans M stuff, which was massive because we'd always planned with Gary and Barry to do two to three years of trans M, a first year of learning year, a second year, really have a go at the championship. Yep. Um, so we, we owned our car in trans M or Andrew owned the car and he sold it back to them. We sort of did a deal. What, what worked in a way where, we don't really have to bring too much to the table to run the year and they can just keep the car. They bought a new car. I jumped in that one. So that worked out well. And, and then we could sort of just put our mind focus financially towards the super two and, and covering that, which is still going like it never stops. Like you're always trying yeah. to find ways you can cover the funds and, and stuff. So luckily we're, we're keeping our head above water with that one. Um, I've got enormous support from Tassie companies and, and Andrew himself from AWC construction. So I'm really, really fortunate enough in that way. Like there's no way my family could afford this. Like we still pinch ourselves now. Like I never thought I'd be in a supercar Yeah. and here I am doing supercars and trans ams. Like it's crazy. So super, super privileged to be able to do that and have the people around me who believe and support me to do it. Um, so yeah, we, we, that's where we're at now. We're doing, doing super two with BJR, um, and then trains in with GRM. So it's such a cool opportunity. Like I think I have this year, like altogether like 12, 13 rounds of racing, like going from seven to that. Like, it's just so cool. Learning so much, always in a car. Um, but yeah, it's still massive, massive work to get it all happening and, so so extremely luckily to have AWC and and the Walter family and like GLB Constructions, all those really cool businesses to support and believe in me and to be able to do this really seriously. So yeah, no, I'm really really fortunate. The um, mentioned obviously racing Brad Jones. Um, we had him on the podcast um, back when we first started. I think he was like episode six or something. I know yeah. Nick Perkat was six. Um, might have been ten. Might have been 10 for Brad. Um, and he was funny, you know, because we were doing video episodes and his phone just slowly kept slipping down. And, you know, we had great views up his nostrils. And, <laughs> um, yeah, him and his wife were having great banter on and off camera at each other. And, you know, he was accusing her of dropping trophies. And, um, 
yeah, she was casually back. You always drop them and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. And um, and then he showed us the Jackie Chan plate, which I don't know if you know the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the Jackie Chan yeah, story. Yeah. So um, and uh, and at the time, I I had this massive fanboy moment when he mentioned the Jackie Chan trophy because I'd heard of it. Yeah. But there's not a lot of information out there about it. You know, and I didn't realize that, you know, Brad had actually competed in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I do, I try not to do too much research before we have guests on. Yeah. Just so that, you know, you guys can tell your story rather than me feeding the story and you're yep. just going, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you won this, this, this. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, so for him to then mention, oh, yeah, just casually, you know, oh, yeah, I went to Hong Kong and, you know, raced in this thing and, you know, won it and wasn't supposed to. Holy shit. Tell us <laughs> more. But he seems to be, um, well, I don't know what he's like at the track. I bumped into a kid, I bumped into him last year at the track. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, has he got sort of like the, the sort of same welcoming? Oh, yeah. Like, he's just like, I don't it know, he's like just so grand- down to earth. Like, he's just. It's I don't so easy to talk. Granddad. No. Like no, you wouldn't like that one. No, no, maybe, uh, and I don't want to say the uncle because everyone, <laughs> everyone associates the uncle. He's, he's just like the, the, I don't know how to describe him, how he came across to us. But, yeah, he's just so easy to go up and talk to. Yeah. Like, I don't know, he's just such a nice guy, down to earth. And that's the thing with, with, with racing and, and with BJR and JRM, I find the biggest thing is just try and surround yourself with good people. Like, you don't want to, be around negative people, yeah. um, it, it's just not good for you at all. So, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. I, GRM are just so so good. It's so much fun. Like all us boys, we, we hang out so much. We talk every day. Like our crew is so close. And it's the same with um, Super 2. Like we're just – we're all got group chats. We're all keeping contact with each other, try and hang out outside of racing. It's a bit hard because they're in Aubrey. Yeah. Um, there's been a few whispers of them trying to get me to live there, but I don't know how I'd go there. It reminds me of Tassie too much. <laughs> um, but no, that it's just, it's just, yeah, all about having as much fun at the track and off the track and just trying to make that, I guess, yeah, that group of people around you, make sure they're supportive, supportive and stuff. So, yeah, I think, I think both teams have really got that feel to them. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy to be with both those guys. I'm trying to get my geography right because my auntie lives in um, New South Wales. Yep, and she lives out near where the Donald Bradman Museum is, which yep. I'm trying to remember the name of the area. Um, it's like the Highlands region. Like, is that where Albury is? Oh, I got no idea, mate. I'm from Tassie. Yeah, I was drive around. See yeah, I'll tell you what. After I ask you the next question, I'm going to quickly jump on my phone and just sort of see the geography and see if they're anywhere near each other. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's actually quite nice out in those Highlands area. But I can imagine, yeah, there's not much out there, so probably yeah, it would remind you a bit of Tassie. But um, in terms of future plans, like, where do, what do you want to end up doing? I'd love to have a good solid career in, in supercars. Like I've yep. always grown up watching supercars and all that sort of stuff. Like every, every little Aussie kid, um, ever since I can remember, I've watched Bathurst on the couch with dad. Um, so I'd love to have a good career in, in supercars, but then I, I've got a massive passion for NASCAR and stuff over in the States. So before the whole supercar sort of stuff come up, I'd always talk to Owen Kelly, my teammate in Trans Am. He did a lot 
in um in America and a lot of people don't realize the experience he has like he lived with Dale Earnhardt Jr and and raced for him like that that is massive like that's that's almost like the Peter Brock of of um America really um so I've always talked to Owen about going over and doing some cheap NAS well not cheap but just some cheap circuit and um and oval racing in in some old like saloon or or your late model stuff I just find that stuff so cool like your crash bashing and yeah. hard racing and and then like having a bit of a go like in the pits like just so passionate those guys I'd love to that, do that. All that stuff started from moonshining. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that obviously that that mentality is still yeah still there of you know they're out out racing the yeah they, the cops. It's and, so cool. I I find that stuff so cool. So I'd love to yeah have a good career in in supercars in in Australia and then um. And then hopefully try and build up a resume to hand over there and, and do something over there. So, yeah, it, it all sounds well and good, but it is a lot of work. You've got to get results. You've got to, um, I guess, find the money to do it all. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's 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 definitely a goal I'd love to have. And it's a good thing I'm not a map because Aubrey's completely different. You <laughs> <laughs> almost did a me this morning then, mate. <laughs> Oh, at least you know you got the M right. At the beginning. Yeah, but uh, you know Albury, Albury's close down near Shepparton, of course, which is <coughs> Victoria. Mm, I'm sure oh, Shepparton, some... yeah, that's uh, yep. that's a bit away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's where Albury is, and I'm sure some people might shoot me for that. But sorry, <laughs> um, yeah, Canberra's. You know, you got to go like, past Canberra, and yeah. Anyway, my geography is completely within three or four hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Got it, got it fairly right. Tanker fuel. But uh, yeah, look. Um, in terms of you know, like this is a question we do ask you know all the guests is, you know, in terms of if there was someone you were able to get on board, you know, to help you with your racing, um, you know, as a co-driver or enter an enduro or yeah, just train you, um, and the, and it could be anyone from motorsport, any era, alive or dead. We have got this wonderful machine. We can bring it back to life. Yeah, who would you want that to be? Such a hard one. I, I've been so lucky over the years. Um, growing up in Tassie has its its good things and bad things, but the good thing was Marcus was growing up there. So um, dad raced against Marcus, and then when I started to do all right in karting, um, I got in contact with Marcus at a young age, and I've always just bounced ideas off him and, and been able to have, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then I ended up racing in a team he was managing. So still to this day, he'll we talk to each other about, about things and he's really, really good about supporting, I guess, jumping under Gary's, Gary Rogers wing. He's now really good about supporting young races up and coming. So Marcus is really good to bounce ideas off. He's done a lot in Australia and America and and he's worked on cars. Like he's massive on working on the car and racing the car, understanding it. And then Owen's sort of the same as that. Owen's had a a massive pedestal of, of experience in America and in Australia. So those two guys are, are huge in, in my regard to asking and, and even racing with Owen. Like, um, but then I've also had like people like Andre at, at BJR. So I've worked with him a lot um, and he's really good just to talk to about things. So, yeah, I, I've been really fortunate to have really good people around me to be able to bounce things off. Um, so I don't know. It's such a hard question. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Dale. I'd love to have a conversation with like Dale Earnhardt Jr. 
I think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've definitely been pretty fortunate with the people around me so far. Awesome. Um, now motorsport doesn't happen without a few key people. Yeah. You know, key uh, groups of people. You know, obviously um, our lovely volunteer officials is uh, definitely couldn't go racing there. And it, it's funny to hear, like, especially local racing. Um, and I've been trying to think of a better way to say it, but yeah, everyone gets up and goes, you know, thanks to the local, thanks to the volunteer officials, we can go racing without you. And it's like, everyone says the same thing. And it's like, and then just repeating it back then, I'm like, oh, it sounds the same as what everyone says, but it is true, you know. Yeah, 100%. Then, you know, without drivers, we can't, you know, there'd be no motorsport, without car builders and all that sort of stuff. But for you personally, you know, you've obviously had some great support. Yeah. Um, and you've mentioned their names, obviously, you know, a few times through the through this uh, chat. Um, but, you know, this is obviously the second time we, we give to, you know, really highlight them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, who, who, you know, bank of mum and dad usually gets mentioned <laughs> and, um, yeah, sometimes we've had oh, my school teacher who said I'd amount to nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of my school teachers are pretty good. They always found it pretty cool. I was going away racing, but um, I didn't like it. That I missed out on a lot of work doing it. <laughs> yeah. But Andrew Walter was definitely in the Walter family, just the whole family. They've been huge supporters of me right from karting to the way up now. Um, I remember my first little contract with Andrew when I was in, in karting and we all met when we were starting this little karting team, what was going to go around Australia to the championship. And I, I think I was around 13 or 14 and I remember reading it and it said something like due to the amount of days uh, the young kids will have off school, Andrew will want to view your school report at the end of each yeah. like term or something. And I just looked at that and I was like, shit, like I might not be racing now. <laughs> so that that I, I respect that now though like he he did have a lot of like he, he knew that it was all well and good to to take us out and go racing but it was still so important so focused at school and stuff like that so yeah um it showed that he did care about us a lot um and and yeah andrew walter and awc constructions his whole family they've been massive supporters of me like um they're the ones who got me into cars got me to where I am now. So I'd be, I'd be absolutely nowhere without them. Um, scary to think without their support. Um, and I'm just so thankful for their, their belief. It's crazy how much belief they have in me. And obviously just my own family, like they're so important. Like growing up, you sort of take it for granted how much your parents and what they do for you. Um, so yeah, we're such a close family. So I think I moved when I, as soon as I turned 18 or maybe a little bit later, um, I moved from Tassie to, to Sydney and it was such a big change. Um, so yeah, you, you sort of take it for granted how much support your family gives you. And then when you move away, you're like, shit, I don't have mum to do this for me. I don't have dad <laughs> to do this for me. And like, so yeah, it, it, it's definitely like just those guys have done so much for me. And then there's a heap of other people. Like I've got so many cool people who've done a lot of for me, like, my old boss, Gav and Craig at GLB Constructions, they let me work for them and then they'd let me go away racing and they, they were massive supporters and they still do now. They still sponsor me heavily for racing and Fidishian Finance are another one. Um, but there's there's a long list. There's, there's so many people who have done so much for me. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really cool to have that those people in my corner. Awesome. 
Well, your next uh, race is here in Perth on the 28th. Well, the weekend is the 28th, the 30th yeah. uh, of April um, with, I believe it's Super 2, Super 3, Super Utes, yeah. GT, and, of course, Supercars yeah. with the Gen 3. Um, and we're not asking any of our guests about the Gen 3 until, you know, it gets bedded in and yeah. you know, has a chance. Yeah, yeah, don't ask me. I don't even know. Like, I'm just watching those six. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, look, I think, um, you know, it's, it's the wrong, it's still the wrong time to ask people for their opinion on it. You know, it's still got to get a chance to, to be running, you know, simulations and running it at the same track and all that sort of stuff. You know, you're never going to find out yeah. what it's really like until, you know, you have a heap of different drivers in them, different tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah, we touched on it before about, you know, carco.com.au raceway being so different to, you know, pretty much all the other tracks that you guys race at. Um, and I think even Nick Packett said they had a special setup purely for that track. Yeah. Um, which obviously has changed over the years, you know, with the different degradation and surfaces and all that sort of stuff. Um, and now they're coming back, you know, with, with these Gen 3s. And they have no data again. You know, they came back after COVID. Yeah. You know, the track had been resurfaced and then there was two years of local racing on it. So all the data they had was useless. And they're now coming back again with no data. Um, but, yeah, you'll be in town for that. Um, be great to see you back over here again. Um, and, uh, of course, we wish you well uh, for that for that race. All the races, of course. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's been um, and uh yeah cool thanks for having me it's been been a bit longer expected uh, <laughs> but no i think, I think yeah, look, yeah, look forward to my five-hour flight now back to sydney yeah so. look um it's uh definitely been a been a been an entertaining morning <laughs> that's for sure no so. it's been good thank you very much for having me no worries thanks everyone for joining in um listening into this uh, of course, make sure you do the usual, all the social media stuff you got to do. Make sure this stuff gets out and listened to, um, because I don't like the you know thinking that you guys just listen to me and you don't share the love with your friends, you know, especially when we have such wonderful guests on. Um, anyway, next episode hopefully sooner rather than later. Just need some people to actually respond to their messages and uh, emails and phone calls would be great. See you next time. Shane here from Behind the Sport. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you don't already follow us, head on over to Facebook and Instagram. Find us on there. Give us a follow. Or visit our website, behindthesport.net. Catch up with the latest motorsport news. Find all of our previous episodes. And, of course, you can leave us comments on those as well. You can also find us on your favourite podcast provider, such as Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and more. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.